This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. It's happening. We're back. Uh, It's the Star Wars Report podcast tonight. (laughs) And what I'm officially deeming the kind of hardest to brand (laughs) um, podcast media project I've done. Hey, I'm Riley Blanton, your host for the Star Wars Report podcast. Um, yeah, we're back. This year we're counting down the final 30 days to the rise of Skywalker. Um, doing it a little bit differently than we've done in previous years, but a lot of you guys know this as Star Wars Tonight. We're just hosting it here in the primary Star Wars Report feed, doing a show three times a week, appearing 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time in the podcast feed every evening in time for your commute home if you're here in the United States. As I record this, it makes it a little bit more time-friendly to my co-host, Mr. Mark Newbold. How's it going, Mark? It's going very, very well. Very nice of you to change the clocks for me. You know, I thought uh, that that's exact, it had nothing to do with my changed work schedule. It was oh. just I knew Mark Newbold it would be most convenient for you, sir. Uh, no, man, it's <laughs> great to talk to you. We don't get to talk often enough a lot of the times because of the time difference. But, of course, exactly. uh, Fantha Tracks is, uh, is what you're known for, and you're always doing awesome stuff. I often usually pull Fantha Tracks for show notes and stories that we talk about. So it's good to have you back on the podcast after far too long, sir. Way too long, way too long. It's nice to hear that. We're, we're having a ball doing Fantha Tracks. It's great fun. So, uh, yeah, nice to hear there's people reading it. Good, good. Yeah, no, I love it. Well, yeah, man, basically um, what ha- what happens every year, and this is when with the new Star Wars movie, is the these last 30 days, the news, the media, the appearances on Jimmy Kimmel, the TV spots, it all starts hitting really fast every day. And that's our excuse to ramp up the podcasting. So every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's when we're recording and dropping a new episode of the Star Wars Report podcast tonight. See, it's like Star Wars Report tonight. I merged the two. It's, I had to work with what I could work with, guys. Um, but we're here kicking it off, and I couldn't be more happy to have you, sir. And I wanted to start off um, today's episode talking about, and this is the kind of difference between Star Wars Tonight in previous iterations, like leading up to Last Jedi or Rogue One or The Force Awakens when we've done this before. That's pretty much all we have to talk about because that's the new movie. Yeah. Not anymore. Because <laughs> literally since we last recorded the Star Wars report last week, uh, Jedi Fallen Order has dropped and The Mandalorian Episode 2 has dropped. And I know you're yes. not much of a gamer, but I just want to tell you, Mark, I've played, honestly, I, all I've had time this week is to play like 30 minutes. I've had a tiny window of time to play like the first level, and it is amazing. I love it. Is it as tough? I'm hearing people are saying it's too, very Tomb Raider. But yes. All the puzzles. It's it's not an easy game. It's a twenty hour game, isn't it? There's there's lots to unpack in there. Yes, and so if you are a like a real gamer, aka not me, you play it like I mean, normally or in one of the more advanced modes. But they have they have 
me the guys like me in mind when they have the story tell like the story mode which is basically code for like we're gonna make this really easy in the gameplay so is there a preschool mode that i can have a go at it, well and i know i actually this is basically for us mark this is if you if and when you get a chance to play this game but i just wanted to give my uh, first impressions real quick because it was um you're right it is a very tomb raider or um if you guys have played it in uncharted feel um yep. which is kind of funny because a lot of people called uncharted indiana jones the video game basically but it is that sort of single player action adventure story uh story mode which is cool and the gameplay is cool but i don't really care about most of that i care about the story because that's what gets me into this stuff and what it reminds me of mark uh is the gameplay and the sort of storyline of the force unleashed oh okay force unleashed and remember force unleashed was such a big freaking deal when it was coming out too like huge it was what 2008 so it was basically the two big star wars things in 2008 uh coming out were uh clone wars and the force unleashed and the force yeah. unleashed was the like all right here you go hardcore original trilogy era star wars fans we're gonna blow up the force and with all these freaking cool powers with the brand new what was it playstation 3 right had just come out it would have been yeah. um but so so but Again, it chronicled, you know, the story of Vader and the secret apprentice, uh, you know, going through the underworlds and plotting against the emperor and this intrigue and, and hunting down some of the remains of the Jedi. And in the same way, I love how, and there are going to be mild spoilers for like the first level. But what Fallen Order does is it takes this kind of rando character that you would, that isn't really attached to anybody we know. Not, so at least in Force Unleashed, you had, you know, Vader was the big kind yeah. of presence. But it allows a sort of freedom to basically feel like and be what I think Star Wars Underworld would have been. You know, it's right after the fall of Revenge of the Sith, and it's this really stark visual as you come across Cal, who's this scrapper dude who works with, like, a contracted labor union that's stripping out old Revenge of the Sith-era Capital Republic ships, and uh, the sort of imagery of these vast junkyards of, you know, um, the, the same capital ships we saw at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith being yeah. sliced apart for their parts for the Imperial War Machine. Just that visual connects right to the movies. And I love that. Um, and then, but of course, and the character Cal, it just barely started, is an interesting character, but it's really the... The set dressing and how closely it ties to the movies that has again this just had me has me sold. I can't wait to finish this game. I'm I'm really looking forward to just because I dabble. Yeah. I'm I'm rubbish. I yeah. can't solve anything. I don't know my left from my right. Yeah. So I just like to watch. It's like playing Grand Theft Auto. I just like to ride <laughs> around the town, and listen to the music. Yeah. So I'm the latest gamer ever, but I I do. It's like Galaxy's Edge, isn't it? I just want to be there and soak it up and walk around and get a feel for it. So I know I'm not going to complete it. I'll I'll end up sitting watching friends complete it, who know which finger and thumb and combination to do. I'll never learn that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it does. It looks really impressive. Yeah. No. It, and it's and of course it's it's. Um respawn and it's gorgeous graphics yeah. and stuff and it's and it comes off the heels and and this is the other other thing because i'm not plugged into the gaming community but i'm aware enough to know ea's reputation and how much of uh just a stain on their reputation they handled the marketing and the release and the format a lot of battlefront 2 maybe not so i've always heard good things about the story mode and i love the story mode in battlefront 2 but just the the whole loot crates and everything that 
that really tarnished their reputation. So basically, I yeah. think what they needed was like uh, we just have to put out a fun, decent game. It's single player, guys. Storytelling mode, uh, yeah. and it and I think it targets. I, I feel like hardcore like online multiplayer gaming community type that's not who this game is for which is kind of a smart idea for them to be like let's do a more like general fan friendly game that's just going to have an interesting story and if we can just pull that off and and as long as it's decent it doesn't even have to be like mind-blowing a lot of the gameplay and stuff is like previous games uncharted or tomb raider something like that but just as long as it's fun guys guys just make it fun um (laughs) Uh, because otherwise, got confidence in it. Putting all, you know, tying in all the the Black Series stuff and, yes. and other marketing things, they're obviously confident with it. And doing the three prong thing for Force Friday, good idea. Yeah, and that did show like a certain level of uh, acceptance into, yeah. hey, this is as this is as big a deal as Rise of Skywalker, Mandalorian for us. Yeah. We're committing to it and the licensing and everything. So. Yeah. The mode um, of storytelling. I've, I, I'm sure most, a lot of you guys, if you're listening, you're gamers. You've probably already played the whole game. It's been out for almost a week. I've played 30 minutes, so <laughs> maybe by the time all of Star Wars tonight ends, when Rise of Skywalker comes out, I'll have finished this game. Um, but that's that's the way I play. I don't I don't necessarily have a lot of time uh, to do it. But okay, so let's uh, let's talk about. You mentioned, of course, Rise of Skywalker. There's not really a lot of news right now, but uh, Triple Force Friday, that third prong, Mandalorian is in full swing. Um, we haven't talked about episode two, but maybe give us, uh, give me your overall, like where are you with Mandalorian? And especially now that you've seen episode two, uh, give me the uh, the Mark Newbold impression. I am. <laughs> I do a really good Mark Newbold impression. <laughs> uh, I am, I am, I am deeply smitten is probably the phrase I would use to to steal a a quote from the Fisher King. Um, I, I'm really digging it. I loved episode one and episode two was so different. Yeah. So completely different and not at all what I expected. Um, but I've watched it a couple of times and second viewing, I liked it like infinitely more than the first. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, it's the aesthetic, it's the vibe of it. It's just, Every, everything about the music. I can't get the music out of my head. I love the music. It is. It's so not what I would expect, but I love it. The I was just... Do I even still have it up? I wonder. Um, I was literally just watching it for the second time. I hadn't had it... I've only watched it once so far, but um, I was on my second viewing and had mostly finished it. And just even the scene where... And guys, spoilers for episode uh, two of The Mandalorians, uh, in, yep. case, in case you didn't know. But um, it's the scene towards the end where he's facing off against the... Uh, non-reek on oh, the mudhorn, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the where he faces off, and there's this sort of, this sort of like loud clicking um, yeah. percussion that's very different than anything we've heard before, and I was I was like, this is odd, this is like off the wall, but I love that. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I think because uh, is it Ludwig Göransson the the composer? Yes. Mm-hmm. I. I immediately, as soon as I heard episode one, I said, this so reminds me of the Rocky theme. There's yep. elements of the Rocky theme. I'm, thinking, I'm just thinking, oh, Carl Weathers is in it. Maybe that's something to do with it. Of course it's not. He did the score for Creed. I completely forgot. So he's kind of in that mode anyway, yeah. so, which is a beautiful score. The Rocky theme is a beautiful score beyond the main theme, you know? So, yeah, yeah they've, they've nailed that. But oh, there's so many, so many cool elements in the second episode. We know Dave loves his influences. Yes. He always sure. has. Yeah. You know, and that's coming through in this, you know, just in episode two, it's like there's there's a touch of Indiana Jones, there's a touch of Rambo, there's a touch of you know Star Wars 
old Marvel Star Wars. There's a, a touch of Super Star Wars mm. levels, and there's all sorts of stuff thrown in there. And it's just, it's a really cool mix. Yeah, and it is. It's um, it's it's a lot of uh, stylistic throwbacks. Um, that, and I don't know. I'm a little careful with this because I I don't mean this as a slam on on um other star wars elements like in the sequel trilogy or things but there does seem to be this very intentional lucasian weirdness to the mandalorian if that makes sense like yes. with like with the jaw was going crazy over the egg the cadbury egg and yeah. like that seems exactly like something george lucas would do and oh, I'm not, yeah. i don't even know why that is but it does it seems like something he would do it just reminded me that this, i think it was season two of, of clone wars when Arto and 3po go out to find the fruits yeah, you know, and there's that weird episode when they're looking for whatever the fruit was called. Yeah, and which is funny because I was the often. First time we watch it, go really, and then the second time we watch it, actually, there's more going on here than you think. It's another culinary episode. It's ba- it's shopping, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's it's just going out for your for your food. Was... I half expect them to make a giant omelet. I. <laughs> it's funny that I. Well, you're right, though, and it's funny because I was I was pretty critical of some of those Clone Wars episodes. Those weird off the wall. Obvious George yeah. just had this crazy idea and wanted to try it. Um, yeah. But here, it, I think it just works, and and that's the other element that I think has thrown people off the most. Obviously, is is the yodeling, this, this yes. baby Yoda, um, who's fifty years old, um, which makes him about the age of Anakin Skywalker, thereabouts. Yeah. Um, in the first episode, which is like it's just known as the asset that is he's hunting down, and it's a pretty big plot twist, but they really kind of double down on the cuteness. I was watching it with my fiance Savannah and she loved, loved baby Yoda. And it was, um, surprising to me how quickly they tied the force into yes. this, um, series. Cause I really wasn't expecting the appearance of Jedi or force users, maybe later down the road as he's hunting one down or something. But, yep to tie it to a, a force sensitive, you know, youngling like straight out of Clone Wars season 2 and more more importantly tying it to a member of Yoda's species um yeah. I wonder if this is um influenced by or is born out of conversations with George because I know George is always very very reticent to ever get into Yoda's backstory or species but yet yeah. here he is but we know George has been kind of involved in the Mandalorian in some in some ways yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, of course, we had Yaddle back in the day, didn't we, in Phantom yeah. Menace? But that was that was it, really. Yeah. I think back to Galaxy Series 1, top, top trading cards, when they did the promo card of the, all the little Yodas bowing to the Yoda statue, and they, they took that out of the set because they didn't clear it. So, mm. yeah, it was. I didn't think the Force would come into this show at all because I'm quite happy to get into the dirty, gritty, muddy... Well, it was very muddy in this episode. Sort <laughs> yes, of down and dirty underworld, like we said earlier, you know, that sort of element of Star Wars. And yet they've brought the force in, and it feels, it felt right. Of course, it's Star Wars. Of course, it feels right. But I wasn't expecting it, but it still feels right. So they've done a great job with that. And yeah, he just, he looks like a little mogwai, doesn't he, from Gremlins? <laughs> he's, he's got that vibe about him. So. He does. Yeah. And uh, chowing down on the frog. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It's It's going to be... The, the other element is uh, a lot of speculation that I've seen about, well, therefore, if this uh yoda baby survives obviously it would be alive during the sequel trilogy era do you see that level of tie-in or do you do you think they're gonna stay away from that 
I my first thought when they said that the the yodeling that's a good great word the yodeling was 50 years old and there's a line I think in Empire or maybe Jedi I might be getting mixed up but basically Yoda basically says you know for 800 years have I trained Jedi it's Empire yeah. isn't it yeah, you know, yeah. so mm-hmm. so Yoda was 900 when he died so Yoda was 100 when he started teaching training Jedi and this little yodeling is 50 so he's going to mature pretty quickly I think and my sense is at the end when he uses the force to stop the mud horn mm. when you go back to the to the yodeling i love that word um <laughs> i think he looks older to me he looks he's took it out i mean using the force is just took him he's, he needs a nap but he looked older to me so i think the more he uses the force the older he's going to get so i think he may mature like ig10 said in the previous episode you know different species mature at different rates so i think he may mature quickly the more he uses the force it'll just unlock things that's just my sense of it but to your point yeah i I think it wouldn't surprise me i've read the same rumors i think he could be one of the students at luke's academy later on that uh, that ends up uh, getting taken out by kylo so uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he survives the mandalorian he might not get to the next episode i i I kind of feel like this might be one of those shows that surprises you at every turn yeah no for sure well that's the the thing that i i there's so many possibilities and so this is what i've heard pretty much everybody talking about and reacting to because we really don't know there are a lot of directions they can go with this um the the other for very eagle-eyed uh twitter and reddit users have very quickly pointed out that the uh imperial dude with the glasses the science looking dude from episode one his shoulder patch matches uh, is, is the kaminoan emblem worn by all clones so of course you bring up Camino, you bring up clones, is this, um, is perhaps Baby Yoda a clone? Or maybe they're interested in cloning one of these Force users, presumably for their ability to live a long life. Because, you know, guess who else is still around? Palpatine. That's where I see a lot of the speculation of if there's a connection here, maybe that's where it could be. Palpatine's interest, the Empire's interest in Yoda's species specifically. A lot like that yeah that's a good thought because because i always sensed i always got the feeling in revenge of the sith when palpatine's giving anakin the speech in the opera house the whole you know yeah. learn to cheat death yes. and all that stuff he, he hasn't actually cracked it no i don't i think that's just all spiel uh, and, it, and i think it's one of the rare occasions when the bad guys do lie because generally yeah. in star wars the bad guys are telling you the truth like dooku speaking to that obi-wan in attack of the clones everything he says is true yeah but Obi-Wan just can't believe it i think I think I think Palpatine's spinning him a yarn there, uh, and and the the eternal life to a degree is the Force spirit, but even that kind of frizzles out after a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, wouldn't it be ironic if if it was Yoda's species, you know, his little green friend, that is the key to unlocking that <laughs> eternal little. life? You know. Yeah. It, yeah. I you like know, that. I do think that's that is one of those. There are very few scenes in Star Wars that really park on simple dialogue between two people for an extended scene because they george is he is a faster more intense guy and especially with the prequels the prequels are fast paced and there's a reason to me that george took that giant like five minute monologue nearly in the middle of revenge of the sith one of the most action-packed star wars films to really kind of park on the machinations and manipulations of Palpatine and when he's like uh, you know his little comment to the side almost to himself as he kind of snarls into a half I love Ian McDermott when he snarls into like a half smile and he's like ironic he could save others from death 
He is not himself. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. It's, I've, never, I've never thought of it in those terms. You're right, though. That, I mean, obviously, the sequel trilogy, bang, bang, uh, prequel trilogy, bang, 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 bang. It's so fast, there's so much to fill in and pack in. And, you know, uh, uh, and it's moving at a fast clip and it's spinning around the galaxy from planet to planet. And that scene, like, yeah, you're right. That is one of the slower scenes in the whole trilogy. So, yeah. But it's so isn't it? It's it's part of the seduction. Yes, and it explain. Uh, and as much as people say, "Hey, Anakin fell too quickly," that's the moment. That's where uh, yeah. the and it's in all the trailers. If you remember, like, is it possible yeah. to learn this power and not from a Jedi? How many TV spots did they have that like way back in the day? Um, and and uh, yeah, so it's the fact that you know I'm skeptical. If I'm honest, I, I'm skeptical that Mandalorian will connect other than maybe vaguely to rise of skywalker i think some of yeah. this the speculation of like palpatine cloning tech and all that tying from this yodeling all the way up to rise of, i don't think there'll be that much of a direct tie but the fact that we can talk about how palpatine from the prequels and clone wars could connect yes. to this um that that's pretty freaking cool so i can't wait for episode three which comes out this friday uh, we will have our initial impressions on the Friday episode, uh, and I'm freaking hoping for some awesome Cara Dune stuff, because I don't know where Cara Dune is, but she should be kicking butt somewhere, and so <laughs> that's probably <laughs> what I'm waiting most for, um, and more yodeling, because Savannah thinks he's the cutest thing ever. <laughs> pretty much is. He pretty much is. Mr. Mark Newbold, uh, hey, parting shot uh, on our way out here. Um, we're getting ready. We'll uh, we're gonna toss to uh, my buddy Matt Rushing. He we just did a segment where he has gotten some sweet books, including the Galaxy's Edge cookbook that he's gonna review Ooh, for us yes. here on the podcast. It's fantastic. Um, I want to learn how to make Ronto wraps. So uh, we're gonna talk to my buddy Matt Rushing here in just a second. But uh, as a parting shot, Mark, uh, let me know kind of where your fandom is, what you're most excited for, uh, big picture, especially looking at. Rise of Skywalker and and beyond, like um, getting kind of out of the weeds. What's really getting you excited these days in your fandom? Good question. Um, Mando is definitely hitting the sweet spot for me at the moment. Yeah, um, I was excited for it because of the time period and and it's something we've never really seen and and the characters going going down in the underworld. I've written fan fiction forever and a day, and that's where I always wrote. So so that's really where I want to be as a as a Star Wars fan. I love it. So that's that's nailing it for me, and I'm excited for the future. Really looking forward to Ep Nine now. I feel like they've thrown everything and the kitchen sink at it. So I'm expecting like in a good way, like crazy stuff from nine uh and i'm totally ready to dive into that not just to resolve the ray and kylo and and, yeah. and the resistance versus the first order but all of it because we know palpatine's back so there's, there's a massively bigger picture at stake than just that and that trailer was just delicious mm. um yeah and i know it doesn't start shooting until june but but kenobi i'm so excited yeah. to know that that's in. um and cassian's further off and that's probably the show i'm the most looking forward to is the cassian oh show, really wow. yeah totally I love Rogue One and Cassie is yeah. my favorite character. So, so that era of Star Wars is yeah. really where my heart lies. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for all of it at the moment. It's I'm really we've had a wobble with fandom, haven't we? It's been a bit, yeah. bit less pity, and it feels like it's coming out <laughs> the back end of the swamp. So, in a good way, and I think everyone's excited for the most part when Kara comes into it and Ming Wen's character comes into yes. it. People are going to be even more excited. So, exactly. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff to come. Yeah. I think Very it, excited. I Happy do think, because there's a, like in, in an era of, of hilariously divided factions and fandom, 
because we're talking about we're talking about laser swords and space pirates. Um, yeah. But uh, so, but in that era, I do like how um, Mandalorian really so far seems to be getting something for each faction of fandom, like original trilogy era. Um, you know, those who are excited for that, those who love the OT, those of us who love the prequels grew up with that, sort of the the idea yeah. of the yodeling. Um, and then with Cara Dune and some freaking awesome badass female characters coming in soon, like, it really does seem to be offering something for, for everyone and has somehow managed to kind of escape a lot of the uh, unfortunate, more political slash uh, not so fun parts of fandom. So I'm excited Great. that it's it's played that role, and I hope it continues to more. Uh, Mr. Newbold, uh, let let everybody know where they can find you, what you guys are up to over at Fanta Tracks, and we'll uh, we'll capture some links for the show notes in the in the episode. Thank you very much. You can find us at Fanta Tracks on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, if you want to talk to me, not that anybody would, but if you wanted to talk to me, it's uh, prefect underscore timing on Twitter. Or if you ever want to drop us any news or, or any information, it's news at fantatracks.com. And the website, of course, is fantatracks.com. So, yeah, come by and say hi. Yeah, fantatracks.com. It's all there. We'll link to it uh, in the show. And, Mark, thanks so much. My pleasure. This is the Star Wars Report Podcast. That's two you owe me, Junior. That's right, everybody. Hey, and the Star Wars Report Podcast is brought to you by the Fan Dummies Podcast. Twice weekly, it's every Monday and Thursday. TV shows, movies, comic books, and more. They're talking about all of it. Superhero fans, you can check out their crash course on the Supergirl and Flash comics and subscribe for their upcoming Crisis on Infinite Earth series. Also, fantasy fans, you can check out their Dark Crystal and Carnival Row episodes. If you're a sci-fi fan, you can check out their Star Trek and Stargate series that's coming up, specifically with the Picard TV show. That's going to be a really cool series they're doing. And of course... For you guys, you Star Wars fans, you can check out their coverage of The Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker. It's all available at fandummies.com, the Fandummies podcast, and we do thank them for supporting the Star Wars Report. This is Tom Kane, the voice of Yoda, I am, and you're listening to the Star Wars Report. Well, hey guys, unfortunately, it looks like I um, had some audio issues with the segment I did with my buddy Matt. Uh, super sorry, man. Uh, these things happen sometimes, but uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll be talking to Matt a little bit later in the process for Star Wars uh, tonight. So, guys, just uh, wanted to give you a quick uh, heads up of what's going to be coming the rest of the week. Yep, on Wednesday, we have the uh, innumerable, I don't know if that's a word. I'm making it a word. Indubitable? Indubitable. Mark Von Olin from Tops. He'll be coming on the podcast. And uh, capping out the end of the week, we'll be talking to uh, the one and only Thomas Harper. Uh, the You might know him as the JAG officer who uh, prosecuted Pro Dameron at the mock trial at San Diego Comic-Con. Super cool guy and Star Wars buddy that I've run around with at Dragon Con. So we're going to be talking about all the latest uh, updates probably on... My place through of Fallen Order, if I can get to it, if I ever get time. <laughs> also, we'll be talking any Rise of Skywalker updates and, of course, the Friday show. It's all Mando. 
all the time. Um, so, so that's what we've got coming up. Hey, make sure you're following the show uh, on social media. It's just at Star Wars Report on Twitter, facebook.com slash Star Wars Report. Make sure you're tuned in there. We're going to be doing some of these shows live. Uh, so uh, stay tuned in on our social media. We'll send out notifications when we're live um, as well. But every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's when you can expect a new episode of the Star Wars Report tonight. There we go. That's what I'm calling it. Uh, in your podcast feed. We'll catch you guys on Wednesday. Wednesday.